Welcome to the Armchair Coaching Podcast. I am Coach Sheffer. I am the offensive line coach at Brentsville District High School, and I am your host today. Uh, we have another great program profile today. We're going to be talking about Ole Miss football. We've got Coach Bennett and Coach Banstra back today. Back, uh, We didn't get Coach Steve. I think we might have uh, blew his socks off talking spread last week, so... Maybe he'll be back on next week. We'll see. But uh, Coach Banstra, how about you take a minute to introduce yourself? Uh, my, my name is Coach Banstra. I am the um, wide receivers coach and special teams coordinator at Fairborn High School just outside of um, Dayton, Ohio. Um, I run a YouTube channel. Uh, you can find us Coach Banstra or Nick Banstra or Nicholas Banstra. Uh, searching on um, YouTube. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Coach Banstra. Um, and then I actually have a normal hairline, unlike Coach Bennett. <laughs> Coach Bennett, you have a rebuttal? Um, I, he's, he's caught me. I'm on my heels right now. Uh, I just walked in the door. I hadn't, even, I hadn't even cleared stuff out of my pockets. I've had a long day. We practiced. And I had to go get my truck fixed. It's just been, it's been a mess. Um, I'm Matthew Bennett. I'm the co-offense coordinator and offensive line coach at Clinton High School in Clinton, South Carolina. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, I don't have a YouTube channel or an OnlyFans or anything like Coach Banster does. Um, but if you want to talk some football, you can follow me at Coach Bennett 32 on Twitter. And uh, that's pretty much all I got. I used up my best joke for Banster on the before in the pre-chat, uh, the pre-show, ball boy, boy band mall joke. Oh boy, you never know, Coach Banstra. You might make more money on a uh, OnlyFans than you do on your uh, oh, YouTube I'm channel. Not, I'm not. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Get me there. All right, we are talking some Ole Miss football. Um, last week, I messed up and did not talk uh, statistics for uh, Mississippi State. Um, so. Little uh, bit of statistics for Ole Miss. You got head coach, new head coach is Lane Kiffin. This is his first year. Uh, Ole Miss all time record because we don't have a Lane Kiffin record at Ole Miss yet. The all time record is 671 wins, 524 losses, and 35 ties, which gives them a win percentage of 0.560 overall. Bowl record, they are 24 and 13 in all their bowl games. They have three national titles, 1959. 1960 and 1962 and six conference titles in the sec the last one being in 1963 so they really haven't had a huge amount of um conference championships or championship success in the last i don't know 40 years no 50 years now geez now i feel old um so our first question for tonight and I will let Coach Banstra answer this one first because Coach Bennett said something a little uh, not so nice about Coach Kiffin right before we started. Uh, what are your personal thoughts and opinions on Coach Lane Kiffin, Banstra? I, I, unlike Coach Bennett, I love um, Coach Kiffin. I mean, it's – I think, one, he, he's hilarious. I, I love his Twitter trolling at this point. Um, I think – He's a solid recruiter. I think his time at USC is highly underrated based off how many scholarship reductions they had when he got there and what he was able to still do. Um, I'm, and then just watching the 
I understand they lost to Bama, but what him and his OC were doing last week was uh, they were doing some pretty good things offensively. Um, and like like I said, I, I know he's got some baggage. I, I know you can say some stuff about him, but overall, I think I think he's a fairly good coach. I think he's learned a lot from working for Kiffin um, and kind of going through that the, the weird intertwines of his career of getting a, the Oakland Raiders job at what thirty like one years old and kind of what he's kind of morphed into. Yeah, been uh, he's learned a lot of lessons, but. I don't think he learned how to coach defense yet. So, uh, Coach uh, Bennett, what do you think about him? He's been fired for some really good jobs. Um, I think he's one of the best follows on Twitter because he's 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 very far ahead of the game as far as head coaches in college football knowing how to use it, and and uh, he doesn't take himself too serious. He's a frequent. He's been a not frequent, but he's a reoccurring guest on Pardon My Take, which is a, a great podcast, and he's he's hilarious on there. Joey Freshwater, the whole deal. Um, I mean, the only – any animosity that I ever show towards Lane Kiffin or about Lane Kiffin is I place the blame solely at his feet for Ohio State winning a national title against Alabama because he had to show how much he knew and couldn't turn around and hand the football off to any running back they had. Just pick one because they're probably all in the NFL. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, You know, he's had such an interesting career. I don't know what to think of. Like, yeah, he is a pretty good follow. He does seem pretty funny. Um, he also seems – like, as somebody who doesn't know him personally, he kind of seems like he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, not not the same way that we talked last week. We talked with uh, Coach Leach how he might legitimately be smarter than everybody. But Coach Kiffin, he kind of has an air of arrogance about him a little bit, at least from what I see. And that's, you know, I don't know him personally, so I can't say for uh, for sure. But, you know, you, you mentioned, Coach Banster, that he has a very winding coaching path. Uh, is it just a matter of time before he ends up leaving Ole Miss? I mean, possibly. I mean, and I kind of want to hit on your point about him thinking he's smarter than everybody else. you got to remember his father is arguably probably one of the best defensive minds in the past 30 years. I mean, I mean the Tampa 2 defense and what Monty Kiffin was able to do in the NFL, I mean, paved the pathway for a lot of coaches. Um, and, yeah, he was not the only architect in it, but still, I mean, you, he grew up in that household – seeing film every day. Um, in terms of how long he'll be Ole Miss, who knows? I mean, his, his career has taken so many interesting turns. That it, I mean, I mean, he was only going to probably leave Florida um, – I slipped my mind – Florida Atlantic for an SEC job. At this point, I don't know. Like, he's been at – he's coached at USC. He ain't, he ain't coaching at his alma mater, Fresno State. I mean, he's been in the NFL. I mean, I, the only place I can see him going is if he had success at Ole Miss is trying the NFL one more time. I can, I can see that just because he didn't have success there. But at this point, I don't know, unless they fire him, where, why he would leave. Maybe that's why, he gave, he, maybe that's why he gave Saban uh, coronavirus and uh, he wants that Alabama job. 
Unless he wants to go like UCLA just to spite USC. Like that's, that's like the other one I can see. But, oh, and we've already talked about this. We already know who's going to Alabama next. He's the head coach at Clemson right now. That's falsehood. It's not true. <laughs> not going to happen. All right. Um, Maybe when Saban takes the Texas job. Huh. Talking about that for about 10 years now. So before being the head coach at FAU, Coach Kiffin spent some time as the offensive coordinator for Nick Saban at Bama. Uh, what are some things that you guys think he learned while he was there, and what would you expect him to bring with him from his time at Bama to Ole Miss? I, th- I think the biggest thing he learned from Saban is how to hire people. I, I truly I, – and run a program. Like, those are the two main things. I mean, he talks about it all the time. I mean, he learned a system. Now, does he follow it verbatim? No. And I think that's why he might be a little bit more successful than some of other um, saving assistants when we look at the long term. Because a lot of them try just to mimic most of it. Whereas I think he, because he worked for Pete Garrell as long as he did, he kind of understands to kind of blend the two philosophies. But also, you got to look at his ability to hire, sent, compare it to when he was at the Raiders and USC and Tennessee to him at Florida Atlantic and Ole Miss. Like, there's a drastic difference. Obviously, he had – his dad's been everywhere he's been. Um, Ed Orgeron was there for quite a bit of his career. But outside of that, like, he's really stepped up either – when he was at Florida Atlantic, he found a lot of, like, diamonds in the roughs, gave a lot of people some opportunities to excel, maybe took some chance with some younger guys, but also had, was smart enough to get a quite a f- large support staff. You're off the field, people. And I think he's kind of done the same thing at Ole Miss, um, especially uh, hiring the Central Florida OC as his OC at Ole Miss. I thought was – you look at it now, it was a fantastic hire. And some of the stuff they were doing the other night. Um, and then a couple of the other gems he picked up from around the SEC and around the country. Coach Bennett, what do you think? I think, like Coach Vance has already said, that – He's got that, and I and I, I emailed Ole Miss the other day about a kid. I've emailed a lot of school. I got I'm really fortunate. I got a really big junior. He's he's special. But I emailed Ole Miss, and just their football support staff. I mean, that's a mile long, and the same way at Alabama. And I think his attentiveness to detail is he probably – from Saban, he's probably got the attention to detail, the daily intensity of practice, but he probably does it in a different way. But uh, I think you'll see a, a the Lane Kiffin that Ole Miss got is going to be a whole lot better than the Lane Kiffin Tennessee got. That's a group of people that still hate him, by the way. I don't know if anybody hates him as much as they do in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's a- well, I, I don't know about that because, like, you look at some of the Twitter stuff, they don't seem to hate him as much anymore. A lot of these important fan base wants him to come back. Like, they were talking – I mean, that used to, I, and I understand. No, I understand. I, and I remember, I remember as well as you do, like, when he left in the middle of the night, essentially, they almost burned down his house. Like, I trust me, I, I'm well aware of that. But if you look at, like, some of the – at least the Twitter – conversation with Tennessee fans, especially when, like, the whole um, Shiano thing blew up. Yeah. Like, there, there was there, – there, there was a 
email stranded going back and forth with him about him going back there. Like that, that was a conversation. And I, and honestly had Ole Miss not came up in Tennessee offered, I think Tennessee would have, he would have gone back to Tennessee. Like, cause let's, let's be honest. His one year at Tennessee was not a, they went seven and six. Like, it's not like he failed there. Like, I mean, yeah, he pissed off everybody in the SEC, but they, they, I mean, they were competitive that year. Right now, Tennessee, seven and six, going to a bowl game that looks good. You know, unfortunately, that's just where they are right now as a program. Uh, he, told, right. he, he told Alshon Jeffrey he'd end up pumping gas if he went to South Carolina. <laughs> that's, and as, as, as a guy who, you know, I poke fun at the Gamecocks because I've been around them my whole life uh, and being a Clemson fan. That is one of – that is top, top five Steve Spurrier level – like digs to take it South Carolina. That didn't work out well, but he didn't have as much juice behind it as Spurrier did. But that is that is an all. I think I think it was Alshon Jeffrey. That is an all time like you'll end up pumping gas together. Well, remember he he's even stated this in in interviews since then. He he admits he probably did more than he probably should have, but he also made the point like they had to build a national profile because when he took over. I mean, the program was not trending in the right direction, and they were falling vastly behind in recruiting. Now, was it right? No, you, you probably shouldn't tell somebody that they're going to go pump gas the rest of their life if they went to South Carolina. That's that's probably not the statement you should make. But they still did go seven and six, and he, yeah. Speaking of NFL talent, and we'll move on a little little further past Lane Kiffin and more towards Ole Miss. Ole Miss every year seems to always have a decent amount of NFL level talent on their teams. Uh, And they've had some pretty big names recently. So why have they not been able to match the Bama's, the Auburn's, the LSU with on the field success? Because they seem to be producing some NFL talent. Why aren't they seeing all that success on the field? There's a big difference in producing NFL talent where say you're a 4-3 defense and every year one linebacker goes to the NFL and having three linebackers to go to the NFL, three backups to go to the NFL after that, and then three more backups to go to the NFL after that. You might have the you might have the best wide receiver in the country. Uh, Metcalf, old Miss guy, right? Yep. DK Metcalf. AJ Brown too. Yeah, so you may have yeah, might even have two. But if they're gonna play every snap at their top performance rate against 10, nine defensive players that are going to the league and their backups are two or three years from going to the league. That's there. I mean, that, that, but to me, that's what it is. And lack of, uh, seems like when, uh, the, the boy from Clemson that when Jim Kelly's nephew, Went there. The offensive production was pretty good, but they've also not had the offense haven't been able to catch up with the defense. Man, when they were doing that land shark, all that stuff, defense, man, they were they were rock solid on defense, but they couldn't hardly get a first down. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to his point, like, there's always something missing. Like, it's either when they had the land shark defense, their offense struggled. When that went away, and they actually got like DK Petmat calf and some stuff, they struggle a little bit on like there's never 
that consistency. And part of that's some coaching change. I mean, they have not been the most consistent in terms of coaching stability. Um, and that's a variety of reasons. People leaving, people get fired. The, the battle between them and Mississippi State on who can hire a better coach at this point um, and so forth. So, I, I mean, you get, I, I, I think you have to be about as optimistic as you can be if you're pretty much an Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and somehow an Arkansas fan right now. Like the, if you're one of if 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 you are a fan of any of those three colleges, you have to be about as optimistic as humanly possible for your program. Yeah, and you you talked a little bit about uh, coaches. I forgot that on the uh, the document here, I had pulled up the records of some of the past coaches. So I went all the way back to 1995. Some of these names you guys are probably very well familiar with: Tommy Tuberville from 1995 to 1998 had a uh, 25 and 20 record. So, you know, above average. Then you had David Cutcliffe from 1998 to 2004 had a 44-29 record. Then after David Cutcliffe, you had Ed Orgeron from 2005 to 2007. He had a losing record of 10-25. and 25. Then you had Houston Nutt from 08 to 011, 18 and 26. Hugh Freeze from 2012 to 2016. We're not going to get into why Hugh Freeze left the school. But um, he had a 12 and 25 career. Matt Luke uh, had from 2017 to 2019 a 15 and 21. And then currently, Lane Kiffin is uh, not one and one. He's one and two at the moment, right? Yeah, one and two because he lost to Florida and Alabama. So they really haven't had a coach with a winning record since David Cutcliffe in the early 2000s. Coach Cutts, one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah, and I want to say that they go zero and eleven at Duke this year. He's one of the best coaches in the country. That, that is one of the worst decisions they could have ever made. Was fired David Cuss. He had one losing season, and because he wouldn't fire some assistants, you fired him. Like, and, and it looks in hindsight, that shows how dumb you are. I mean, David Cutcliffe has turned Duke into a competitive football program. Duke, whose interest requirements rival uh, Ivy League schools, like it is. A travesty, and that, that that probably put their program on the trajectory it got down to is because you fired arguably one of the best tactical coaches in in college, and on top of that, from I've never heard one person say one bad thing about David Cutcliffe. So you also fired a good person, which is a problem. I mean, just look just looking at that list of coaches: Tommy Tuberville, David Cutcliffe, Ed Orgeron, Houston Nutt, Hugh Freeze, Matt Luke, Kevin Lane Kiffin. I don't know who Kevin is, but um, that's a like an all-star cast of coaches right there, if you ask me. Um, but the only one, the only two on there who had a winning record at Ole Miss was Tommy Tuberville and David Cutcliffe. So is it the coaches or is something else going on there at Ole Miss? That's another question to ask. Um, what do you guys think it would take for Ole Miss to take the next step as a program. So for me, the next step would be not necessarily being Alabama, but winning the SEC West. You know, what would it take for them to win the SEC West? Win win the state of Mississippi and steal a couple players from Alabama and LSU. They they need to dip into Georgia and – 
steal some players from Clemson and Georgia and Florida. I mean, they just got to start getting some of those players. Honestly, in my opinion, what can make them win the SEC West and become, you know, a top-tier program, you're only one recruit away. If they can define, if they can find a Deshaun Watson or somebody like that, get on them early and make them fall in love with Ole Miss. I mean, as much as it hates, as much as it pains me to say that as an offensive line coach in college football, you a lot of times you're one you're one player away from being pretty competitive. If if it's a gener, I mean, I'm talking like a generational type quarterback. But they, you could say they had that with Eli, but when they when they had Eli, they won the SEC. They won the SEC West, or they won the SEC that year. I think they won the years they wanted. I want to say yeah, West. I think because but, the- but even then they were only like eight and four or something. It was like a down year for the West. It wasn't like a transformative year. So. So. Yeah, because they haven't they haven't won the SEC since the whole SEC since like 1963. So it's been a while since they've had their that last, kind of success. Their national title was like 62 or 63, isn't it? Yeah. So it's been 50 years. That was claimed. <laughs> um. So yeah. Have you ever watched the Ghost of Old Miss? The 30s Yes, I did. Oh, that was God. a very good one. Phenomenal. We watched it in U.S. history one year when I was teaching it. <laughs> Those uh, those like old like SEC documentaries. Those are all good, like all of them. Um, there was one on uh, who was the first black coach at Mississippi State? Sylvester Croom. Um, yeah, Sylvester Croom. That one was an awesome one. Um, Should have been, been the head coach of Alabama. They screwed him over. Mm-hmm. That that guy. He seemed like a pretty cool dude. Honestly. Is he, is he still like coaching like in the NFL or something? Because after that, he went to like New Orleans Saints for a couple years and like. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. Man, people, we I got uh, our tight ends coach and his his dad's a retired head coach here and and coaches with us just in his spare time. He's old, but Coach Terry one and Coach Terry two is what I call them. But they're from Alabama and Alabama people like real. Been Alabama fans for generations, and generations from Alabama. Love Sylvester Crane. Laid out in the street for him. Love him. And we'll tell you he should have got the job. Yeah. It says he's retired now, so I don't think he's coaching anywhere. All right. Oh, and to answer your question about Eli, um, they tied one year, I think it was a senior year for the O three. Yeah, O three under David Cutcliffe. Nailed it. Shocker. Yeah. So, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. The Egg Bowl always seems to be a pretty competitive game. And if you guys remember last year, that uh, who, who won it last year? Was it was it Ole, was it Mississippi, Mississippi State? State. Who, they won it because the Ole Miss player lifted his leg up, looked like people yeah. like that was so dumb. Classic guy. That's just kind of it's one of those things like I feel like Ole Miss is one of those programs that has like had like no discipline you know and just didn't have any any problems with that kind of stuff but let's face it guys do you think that this year's Egg Bowl will be the most highly anticipated game between Ole Miss and Mississippi State in living memory just think about it Lane Kiffin versus Mike Leach is it going to be 
the best egg bowl ever, or is it at least going to be the most hyped up egg bowl ever? It'll it'll be extremely hyped, but I don't. I I say if you give it a couple of years, they'll both be like top ten ranked, and then that'll be the next. I mean, because you you give both of those coaches three years to recruit with the staffs they have, and their all and their ability to score like both of them do. They'll two or three years from now, it'll be something. It'll, it'll be like a number four against like a number six or something stupid like that. I, uh, I, I actually am interested to see how it goes recruiting because you know Lane can recruit and you know Leach can recruit, but he's always recruited above his, above his means because he's been at Texas Tech. He's been at Washington State. These places aren't hotbeds for, uh, you know, Hotbeds for success. He's made them successful. At, at, oh, at Mississippi State, he's going to have more. Uh, he's got more resources for recruiting than he's ever had. I mean, and I think I think kids will line up to play there because they know that he he can make his next recruiting class off throw for six hundred twenty three yards against LSU if they don't win another game because people saw what the offense can do. And I think Lane's going to do well, too. It's going to be real interesting to see. I hope for the sake of college football, there's a freshman in Mississippi right now who is a transcendent quarterback, and those two have to just go at it for, for, for four years. That's what I hope. And then watch, then watch Clemson go after him. <laughs> oh, man. Hope, hopefully not, because that's where he'll, he'll go there. So, yeah. hopefully so for their sake, I'd love it. But. Yeah, we're going to look at the schedule real quick, and um, – talk about what we think about Ole Miss's ceiling and what their floor is for the rest of the 2020 season. So looking at their schedule, they've, as of today, as of this recording, they have already played three games. They lost 51 to 35 to Florida. They won in overtime versus Kentucky 42 to 41. And they lost to Alabama 63 to 48. So let's just say not a whole lot of uh, defense being played there at Ole Miss, but Here's their next couple games uh, at Arkansas versus Auburn at home at Vanderbilt at home versus South Carolina at Texas A&M at home versus Mississippi state and then at LSU. So the way I see it, it, it I think our outlook on the schedule may or may not have changed if we were talking about this before the season started. Before the season started, I would have told you that Arkansas would be an automatic win for them and Vanderbilt would be an automatic win. But now that the season started and I've watched Arkansas play a couple games, I'm not so sure that's going to be an automatic win for Ole Miss. So let's say hypothetically this was a year, a regular year with like the regular rules for bowl games. Would they make it to a bowl game with this schedule, the way they've been playing defense? I, well, let's be honest. None of the outside of Georgia, nobody in the SEC has been playing defense. That's just a fact. Like nobody, not even. I mean, he might get both bleeding fired at the end of the year if it keeps going the way it's going. Because you know he, I mean, he loves coaching against like his buddies and people he's worked for. Like you saw him taking jabs at Kiffin all week. Him and Ed are, Ed are good friends. What do you think that's going to look like? Like, he's going he's gonna to break the wood for that. Like, here, 
while I'm done, I'm almost done guessing these records because we just look like idiots every week as this goes on. Yes, you do. Um, He's still riding high on that Kansas State over Oklahoma win. (laughs) You damn right. One person, one person called that shot. Remind me how your Kansas buy-in was working for you at the beginning of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, my opinion is outside of. Did you? Did they they play Georgia? I can't remember what Uh, you said. No. No, Arkansas, Auburn, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, LSU. No Georgia. They could either win all those games or lose all those games. Like legitimately, like if if, the only one I would say would be a guaranteed loss if they played them would be Georgia. Outside that, I mean, it's gonna be a lot of shootouts, a lot of scoring, and again, but nobody in the SEC is playing defense right now. And again, two or three of these games are probably not gonna play. Like LSU and Florida just got canceled or postponed. Um, that's so, about like they'll play. SEC, baby, just means more. But I mean, in honesty, I mean, I, I'll get I'll give Sam Pittman credit though. Sam Pittman's got Arkansas playing competitive and everything. I, I truly give him credit on that. So I mean, time will tell. But I, my honest opinion is they could win all those, lose all those, finish somewhere in the middle. I was gonna say nobody's nobody's playing defense. I would disagree. I would say Kentucky's playing defense. There's not playing offense, and Arkansas is playing great defense for the first half. I mean, they're playing as good as good of a first half defense as, as there is. Well, uh, they I they, did, they held Mississippi State to 14 points. Coach Shepherd, you great. Well, they Kentucky held Mississippi State to two points. Uh. <laughs> Read, read them off one more time. I'll give you win or loss. All right. I'll stand. I'll die on this hill. All right. At Arkansas. Win. Uh, at home versus Auburn. Loss. At Vanderbilt. Big win. Home versus South Carolina. Win. At Texas A&M. Loss. Because they'll have 60,000 fans in the stands. Uh, home versus Mississippi State. Loss. At LSU. Win. Win. I don't know That's what it is I'm about. I have zero confidence in LSU for the rest of the season. I don't know if LSU is going to win. I don't know if they win four games. Well, that's again, that's part of it. I still think he's going to throw the kitchen sink at Ed. Just because he's buddy was with Ed and what's what's that be able to talk trash for a year? Who's I the offensive coordinator to LSU now? Uh, same dude as uh, yeah. It, it didn't change. Same OC as last year. Like um, it's like Cam Cant. No, it's not Cam Cameron. That was one before. Oh, it's um, the guy with the E. Last night starts with an E. Um, yes. Um, old guy. Yeah. Oh God, Steve Ensminger. Yeah. And then, then they hired Scott Linehan to kind of be that co-coordinator to replace Joe Brady, uh, longtime NFL coach. That's going well, man. Offense is humming. I just can't stop water by sitting on a drain. Yeah, that's. I guess that's what happens when you when you graduate so much talent. But oh yeah, there's there's probably six guys on that defense that'll go to the NFL. Don't matter. Well, the other thing is we forget, like, they lost, I think, what, nine of the 11 to the NFL? I mean, you got a bunch of people who have sparingly – and I get it. They're still talented. But 
It's going to take a while to gel with no spring ball and COVID. And how many people – how many of them – yeah, new schemes. How many of them opted out? There were a ton of LSU guys that opted out that were supposed to be starters. They also a receiver too, didn't they? Like a guard or somebody? Like, it's not like they didn't lose talent. They – it's probably, like you said, about gelling, but it's also – Dave Aranda and Bo Pelini are not the same human. It's, it's probably taken those kids a while to learn how to take Bo Pelini because that's an old-school cat. I mean, he's he's a year or two away removed from, like, probably a suit and tie on the sidelines type guy. He's he's old-school. Well, he's one of those old Youngstown boys, too, from the – Oh, Trump yeah. Like, he, he's – him, he's a little different. Like, he's a good coach. I mean – No doubt. That was also Nebraska's worst mistake ever, firing him. Him and Frank Sol, firing <laughs> those two were some of the dumbest decisions they've ever made. Worst mistake Nebraska ever made was backing the quarterback up five yards. <laughs> You're probably not wrong there. It should be a federal it should be federal crime in Nebraska to take a shotgun snap. <laughs> At any level. Any level. All right. So Coach Bennett, you weren't here last time. We added a new segment towards the end of each podcast. Uh, we're going to give every program that we talk about a grade, a letter grade. Like, where are they currently on the letter grade? So, A-plus is Alabama-Clemson. You know, A would be Ohio State, you know. Nice. <laughs> uh, and last week, we talked about Mississippi State, and I said, based on – based on their recent success that they had with Dan Mullen and what I see as a bright future with, um, with Mike Leach, I rated Mississippi state a B minus. I feel like I have a hard time rating any sec team below a B minus because their talent level is just off the charts just because they're sec, except for maybe Vanderbilt. Um, to me, to me, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to rank Ole Miss kind of like Mississippi State, a B minus. They just haven't been able to get over that hump of success. They've had NFL talent, but they haven't really done much with it. And they've had that long list of coaches who've went on to other places and had success. So I'm going to give B minus to Ole Miss because I don't think they deserve regular B. Coach Banster, what do you think? I mean, kind of like you, it's the same as last week. I mean, they're, they're a B-minus program right now that in two three years could easily be an a, a program or higher, depending on how recruiting goes, how he's able to retain that staff. Because I'm going to tell you now, he's going to have to fight to keep that offensive coordinator he's got. Like, that's, that's going to be a, a, a problem. It's going to be a legitimate problem from what I was watching the other day. Um, and he hired some good recruiters. That coach he stole from Michigan, Partridge, that was Michigan's best recruiter. And he's the guy that came down to the South and helped recruit some of those kids up to the freezing cold of Michigan. So, I mean, if he's able to keep some of that staff and develop some kids, I mean, they could be kind of like Mississippi State fighting for a title here soon. Chris Bennett? If Clemson and Alabama are A-pluses, then – Ole Miss is a C minus. I mean, and it's nothing nothing against them. It's just what they have at their disposal being an SEC team. It gets SEC money. It's got SEC facilities. 
Now that's a sliding scale. They could be an A. They could be an A this time next year if they're five and O, rolling, just beat the Crimson Tide. You know, I mean, if, if it's it's something that could change quick. But as we sit right now, uh, in October of twenty twenty, is C minus. They're the last time they were. Big news before they almost beat Alabama and lost by two scores. The last time they were big news was for their one of their players acting like he was pissing on the goalpost and losing them a game. Yeah, definitely makes sense there, Coach. All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, this has been Coach Sheffer, and we are signing out.